Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. One hundred six in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Oilers now. Second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with a door-to-door sales rep. Your all-in-one convenient location is at Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. You can uh, text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. Spoiler alert. So in other words, if you're PVRing Sweden against Finland, they're in the second period. 3-2-1. Here we go. It's 3-1 now for the Swedes. Every Thursday in Oilers now for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, we talk to Brian Burke as we go to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. All right. We've talked a bit about the situation here in Edmonton regarding coaching. And uh, you said the Oilers needed an experienced manager to come in. Bob Nicholson hired Ken Holland. Not much more experienced than Ken Holland out there in the business. You also believe that the Oilers need an experienced coach. A guy that's been an NHL head coach. And um, the fluid situation that's out there right now, by all reports, has Dave Tippett as the clear number one for the job. You're not deviating from that at all. What what would your thoughts be on uh, if Tippett ended up being the head coach here in Edmonton? Well, he's been out of work for a few years, and that seems curious because he he seemed to do a quality job in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never looked at Dave Tippett as a candidate for any of my coaching jobs, even though I like him very much. I uh, just because the styles, you know, he's not a black and blue guy like I was. So, um, but he's a good coach. They play really sound defensive system, and he's good with young players. So I, I could see that for sure. Yeah, uh, and the Oilers have got to cut their goals against down. We saw with the Islanders last year, Barry Trotz winning the Stanley Cup in Washington goes to Long Island where they were the worst defensive team in the NHL, and they became the best defensive team in the NHL with the best goals against average with Robin Lehner and Thomas Grace. I don't think I don't know about you, Brian. I sure in heck didn't see that happening last year. 
No, and, and I, I wouldn't expect the same transformation in Edmonton if Dave Tippett comes in, but certainly some upgrade and improvement over, you know, it's not it's not winning hockey. You can get by chunks of the regular season just by outscoring your opponent rather than beating them. But uh, if you have the right systems, you can beat teams, and um, I think they need that. All right. Are you surprised at the money these coaches are getting? I mean, Todd McClellan gets fired in Edmonton, uh, and, you know, I personally was not a fan of that move uh, and not surprised at all that Todd's right back in the mix. But five times five was the reported number on Todd McClellan. Ralph Kruger, a terrific guy, but had been out of hockey altogether the last five years other than coaching the World Cup team, uh, you know, reports as high as four million times three years. Um is that just the market, how the market's moved over the last three or four years for what coaches are? Elaine Vigneault, five times five in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's what it costs to, to get a top guy now. And um, I had heard those numbers for Ralph Kruger. He's not viewed as a top guy. He's an excellent guy, a, you know, a good coach, but he's not a marquee guy that, you know, had extensive NHL head coaching experience like a Vigneault or a Quenville. And I think the market changed in one day when Toronto signed Mike Babcock. It, it instantly moved the bar up for everybody. So um, certainly knowing a lot of these coaches personally, I can't. Uh, you can never blame someone for taking the money, so good for them. Uh, did Ken Holland's salary in Edmonton help out the guys in the GM union? Yeah, I think so. If, if the reports are accurate, um, and I think they are, then yes, for sure. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's take a, a little bit of a. I'm going to ask you a question that I, I don't know if you've been asked before. Uh, DJ Smith. Hi, first of all, your thoughts on DJ Smith getting the job in Ottawa, working with Pierre Dorian? Well, I really like DJ Smith. I think it's a good hire because I think he's a good coach and a good guy. I mean, I've known him since he was coaching in junior. I thought he did a really nice job at that level, bringing kids along. Thought he's a good communicator, good motivator. Um, so, you know, I'm not surprised. I had heard his name there, and I know that uh, I'm not sure what he's getting paid. They they generally don't pay marketplace, so right. he's probably probably not getting big dough, but I like the hire. I think he's a good guy and a good coach. Uh, would he be best served to have an experienced NHL assistant? Maybe a guy that's been an NHL head coach running beside him? Well, that's what I would recommend, but I don't know what, which way he's leaning. I texted him to congratulate him, but I haven't spoken with him. Yeah, we're joined by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. Uh, DJ was an assistant with Bob Boudner uh, with the Taylor Hall's teams that won back-to-back Memorial Cups. Uh, DJ then won a Memorial Cup as head coach with Oshawa. They beat Leon Dreisaitl in Kelowna in 2015. DJ was also an NHL assistant, Brian. Todd Reardon, NHL assistant. Um, Are we seeing a different... You know, are you better, put it this way, is the track better for coaches right now to go to the American Hockey League uh, and run their own show, or are they better off being on an NHL coaching staff? I I think if you ask the coaches the best track, it's, you have to be a head coach somewhere sometime. Um, That gives you your best shot, because now me as a GM, I'm interviewing you, and I've seen you handle a bench, I've seen you handle you know, uh, personnel situations and adjustments and things like that. So I think if you talk to Kevin Deneen, say, he'd say, well, he was head coach in Portland for five years before. Then he became, a, you know, a maybe one year or two years as an assistant coach, like Ryan Huska has done in Calgary, head coach in Stockton, then get promoted, learn the league, learn the travel. 
and then uh, get your shot. So I think there's different paths, but I think I know for me, I wanted to see head coaching experience on a guy's resume. And did it need to be pro coaching experience? Because DJ Smith, you know, has never been. I mean, he was obviously a head coach in the uh, OHL, but was never a, a head coach in minor pro. Well, I would say that uh, junior or college is enough. If you see a Jim Montgomery or you know some of those guys again, there are different tracks to get to the NHL. Uh, but head coaching experience, to me personally, I would almost insist on that. All right. Speaking of different tracks to get to the NHL, there's a player out there right now. His name's Joachim Nygaard, uh, that plays for uh, Farstad, and his name has been leaked to multiple organizations. At times, Calgary's name's been out there. Ottawa, there was a report out of Sweden yesterday saying uh, Calgary and Edmonton are the two finalists for him. How And you like truculence in your lineup, but how challenging is it to potentially evaluate and, and and I don't even know if it's feasible to do analytics on players that have played in the you know the Swedish Elite League or in Finland or wherever uh, KHL o- over in Russia to, to sort of see how that might translate to the NHL. Well, what you know, we signed the the uh, Dave Riddick. He was a, a free agent from Europe. Uh, he's a goaltender, obviously. But I think the thinking is. Your European scout has to really see this guy with NHL skills, and then he calls you and says, "Look, this guy's this guy's in the wrong league. He can play over here." And it could be this year. I think the Flames signed the Russian, the, the Russian defenseman, because we guys slip through the cracks. So we go right. after these college free agents. It's no different with the European guys, especially where it's a free player. You don't give up a draft pick or an asset. You don't have to trade for him. You just sign him. It's entry level money. So for you know less than a million dollars, you can you can audition a player and see if he's good enough to make your team and make you better. So I think it's smart. I think teams are investing more money in European scouting now for that reason, and uh, I think it's very sensible that teams are going after these guys. Was it Jonas Hiller that you got in 2007 while your team was going through to the Stanley Cup final? Yes. And that was, I mean, that was that was a pretty good signing by you guys. I mean, he was a legitimate NHL goaltender for a number of years. Yes, he was. That was a good signing. And, again, it was a case where uh, our European scouts had, had alerted us to him and said they thought he was at NHL ability. And the day he signed, six teams came in to see him. And I was the only GM that made that trip. And our team was flying to Detroit for games three and four of the, the Western Conference final. Or maybe for game five. And uh, let's see, we had home ice, so we lost one. Let me think. Anyway, I stopped off in St. Louis. I was the only GM that made the trip and uh, and signed him. And he was a good player for us for a number of years. So you went over to Switzerland to go see him play? No, 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 no. He he, he came to St. Louis. His agent is Al Roy oh, out of okay. St. Louis. Okay. So every you know, team sent in scouts and assistant GMs and everything else, but I, I felt. This guy we felt was so important that I, I left the team, which I don't usually do in the playoffs, and uh, flew to St. Louis, managed to get him signed, and then flew on to Detroit from there. Wow. Elaine Waugh, uh, how did Pete Shirelli not get him? I mean, <laughs> Kurt, uh, Chris Russell, Kyle Brodziak, Pat Maroon, 
uh, Keegan Lowell, they're all with the Lane Watt one time or another. So that's interesting because, uh, as you know, Pete Shirelli was at Harvard, and I think Elaine Wall was in there as a goaltender the year after Pete was captain there. We're joined right now by uh, Brian Burke from NHL Hockey and Rogers, again for Canadian uh, Power Pack. All right, Brian, we got a Stanley Cup final between Boston and St. Louis. St. Louis, skilled but physically imposing and wore down the San Jose Sharks. Boston, skilled and but physically imposing. You know what, Brian? I think you still need a little bit of truculence come playoff time, don't you? Yeah, I think if one thing, if San Jose is lamenting one thing as they wrap up their season, it's that they weren't able to match the St. Louis Blues physically. Um, this series is, people have asked me all, all the last two days, who are you picking tonight? I don't generally make predictions that I'm going to wimp out on this one, too, because first off, there's so much that can happen and affect the outcome. You know, one of the starting goalies gets hurt, whatever. Sure, It's silly to make predictions, but I will say this. Boston wins in every category except two. So their special teams are better, their forwards are better, their D's better. But I give the edge to St. Louis in two areas. First off, it's a draw in net because the goaltending has been fantastic for both teams. And then the one category where I would give, not give Boston the edge, but give St. Louis the edge is physical play and, and momentum. And they've been on a mission since January 3rd. It's well documented. But they've turned into a really, really truculent, hostile, ugly, cranky team. And they're, they're not throwing hits to discourage you. They're throwing hits to take you out of the game. And that's a bunch of guys doing it. Steen sitting like that. Shen sitting like that. Blaze sitting like that. And uh, I don't know if Boston has an answer. Boston is, is not a truculent team. They've got a couple guys that do it. They I like how they can show you a different look when they're healthy. So they can dress back as in Wagner. Uh, you know, Corrali plays hard. Chari plays hard. But basically, they try to beat you with skill and speed. And St. Louis is going to go into that building and try to run them out of the building and onto the street. So we'll see how it comes out. Well, uh, I mean, St. Louis has won wars of attrition. Uh, I might... Uh, respectfully disagree with you on who's got the better defense, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for Zidane Ochara, but uh, you know, maybe it's because you know, Jay Bomeister and Colton Pareko are Edmonton guy. Pareko is, he was unbelievable in the last round, wasn't he, Brian? Fantastic. Fantastic, and and I'm going one through six when I give the edge, not uh, not top four. Okay. And, um, and, it, and it's close enough, I, I would concede you could make that a coin toss too. Yeah. So we'll have to uh, wait and see on uh, on that front. Um, you said something there about the mission that St. Louis has been on. Um, I bring that up because do you think this might change how business is done in the NHL? Doug Armstrong, hey, it's well documented. I mean, the Blues were shopping players and some really good ones. You know, we heard the name Jaden Schwartz out there in the middle of December. Uh, you know, Jay Bomeister coming off that... Uh, uh, that hip issue that was going to take him a year to get over, and he was about 10 months into the recovery at that point. His name was out there. Maroon was a healthy scratch in St. Louis. There were lots of names out there. The Blues were in last place, Brian, on January 1st, but they stuck their guns while some other teams, including Edmonton, made more significant changes. Uh, is there a lesson in what happened with St. Louis? Sometimes you just got to believe in what you got. Yeah, or maybe maybe it comes down to as simple as that Doug Armstrong didn't get value offers for any of the guys he was shopping. <laughs> it, it could be that he thought, okay, I'll listen on Petrangelo, but I never got an offer that made sense, so I'm keeping him. So it could be just that, uh, hell, I'm not getting enough enough offers of significance to start 
loading people out of here. So I think it could be that simple. Um, it could be belief in the core group. I mean, I remember one year in Vancouver, we had a terrible start, terrible start, and we were out of uh, out of playoff contention. Everyone was saying I should trade this guy, trade that guy, and I called a team meeting, and I wrote up on the board seven or eight things like winning faceoffs, losing faceoffs, fifty-fifty bucks, winning, losing. We made two columns, and I talked to the team. I said, "Look, this is what we did last year. We had a great start." This is what we're doing this year, and we've had a terrible start. We're 14 points out of a playoff spot. It's only November 1st or whatever, so November 10th. And I said, but I'm going to keep this group together, which makes me either the smartest guy in Western Canada or the dumbest. But I do believe in the group, and I do believe we can turn it around. But it wasn't anything near as late as January 3rd. This was in November. And the team played at a 700 clip and made the playoffs. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. You know, you got all the advanced analytics numbers, and obviously the outlier is going to be this year's edition of the St. Louis Blues. Brian Burke joining us. Brian, have you watched much of the uh, World Hockey Championship? A little bit, yeah. Can I tell you something that I cannot stand when I watch it? I cannot stand how bad European referees are. Okay. Yeah, it's, the, very, it's very different. Hey, like, they, they get sucked in. It is. It's in, like there is as much criticism as NHL officials get. They're on a completely different plane. Would you not agree? Than the guys. Yeah, so that's, that's what I tell people. If you if you want to complain about officiating, go anywhere else in the world and watch it. We have the best in the world. Yeah. Like I mean, there there, there were times today. Like Canada was all over Switzerland. They refused to call a backside interference on Canadian players. It was, but you know, a guy gets a little bit of a flick of a stick up, and the uh, the Swiss player throws his head back like he's been shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, it was just it, it's ridiculous. Drives. Yeah, I agree. It, is it different when it's in Europe, uh, international hockey, as opposed to when it's in North America? Well, and we we've always insisted on NHL officials in these international tournaments. So they they've I think they worked a couple of Europeans in in the World Cup, but basically. And I'll take credit for this. When we went to Nagano, we were negotiating the deal to go to Nagano for the first time, first time ever, NHL players. Yep. And I said to Gary, we got to take our guys. And the IHF fought us tooth and nail on it. They were like, no, our guys have to work. And I'm saying, you can work in any game where there's not a majority of NHL players. You can put whoever you want on there. So if you know, Kazakhstan is playing Israel, you can put whomever you like on the ice. But I said, if it's a majority of players from the NHL, it's got to be NHL officials, and they've stuck to their guns on that ever since. Now, Rene Fasel is a former official himself. He's the head of the IIHF. Is there a anti-North American bias at times internationally? I, I think there used to be. I, right now, I think it's a, a global. It's a global. Uh, the International Ice Hockey Federation is funding the Hockey Hall of Fame to get more international displays and flavor in it because it is the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. You've seen more Europeans go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think it's become a more global approach. So I don't, I think there's some, probably some politics on who's on the IHF, uh, who's on this you know, committee or whatever, but I think there's some block voting there that probably works against the North American country's interest. But in general, I think there's a global approach to the game. 
All right. Uh, Brian, as always, we appreciate your time next week uh, because we're going to be at the Combine. Brendan's going to host the show. Uh, I'll be in uh, I'll be in uh, Buffalo or flying, actually, right as uh, we, yeah, your interview takes place. I'll be landing in Toronto. But uh, thanks again for joining the show, and we'll have uh, Brendan talk to you next week a bit about the, the U.S. National Development Program, guys, because there could be five forwards going in the top ten spots. Thanks for your time, Brian. Thank you, Bob. You bet. That's Brian Burke from NHL Hockey and Rogers, and Brian's appearances are brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Electrical prefabrication in solar. It's 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan and Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 127 in Edmonton. Tell you this. Guests and orders now. Receive gift certificates from Royal Pizza, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and location, uh, locations, visit royalpizza.c. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Star for recommendation at uh, Royal Pizza Mediterranean Chicken. Out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Bob, if teams want to start the season, go small and fast. If you want to finish at the end of the season, go big and mean. Fast is always good, though. Uh, Topher. Bob, I don't ever want to hear the orders are out of a playoff race. St. Louis has proved that old myth to be false. Treculence. GG says, Bob, what's wrong with Glenn Gullitson for head coach? He's got a fiery work ethic. Uh, he would have done fine staying in Calgary. They ran him out of town. Well, actually, the analytics in between Calgary from last year to this year uh, would support that he would have been fine because they were quite similar. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Jay Woodcroft when we come back in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.